Hey, welcome to Being Creative. My name is Rick Leaf, and as you know, I am the host of this show where we explore the value of creativity through stories of successes and failures of individuals like us or not like us at all. So let's jump into this week's episode. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Uh, This week, this is about the power of storytelling to help you see your life with new eyes. I don't know if you heard this uh, quote by Marcel Proust. He says that the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but in seeing with new eyes. Um, Typically, I hate quotes. I hate that, you know... Uh, people, you know, put them on Instagram or Pinterest with these, you know, soft filters and flowers and whatever. <laughs> I, I just hate the trivial nature of which we take, you know, thoughtful words and that have usually come out of of struggle and strife. You think of all the people that are quoted Nelson Mandela and Gandhi and Mother Teresa and all these people who have lived, you know, really difficult lives and they've struggled and they've gone through stuff and, and they've mined the darkness of the sort of the human condition and their story and they they manage to make some utterance that that captures that struggle and then somebody's just like oh yeah I want to put a soft filter on that and like put it beside a glass of Chardonnay and then you know post it on Instagram or something and it's just it's so meaningless um so (laughs) uh This quote, though, kind of rose up for me, and it has actually been something that's impacted me for well over a decade. This idea of seeing not only the world with new eyes, but seeing ourself, our... uh, the value of our, of course, our strengths and talents and abilities, um, finding ways to, you know, um, maybe even see our our experiences and, and our education with new eyes, with a new perspective that helps us to apply all of that creative capital to solving problems that we're facing and challenges in our life, but also seeing those who are around us. One of the things I always love uh, have always loved about, you know, working in the arts and cultural industry, maybe being on a TV set or uh, a production or, or sharing stage with creative people, you know, it could be at a festival or, or just the people that I tour with. We see, uh, when we get into environments like that, we begin to see, you know, when you're able to play to your strengths and, uh, and you can admit that you're weak in a particular area, but your weakness in that area is someone else's strength. And so you don't have to feel embarrassed about it or uncomfortable with acknowledging it because really what your, what your environment is helping you do is see your, yeah, your strengths here, you're playing this valuable role, whatever it happens to be, but your weaknesses are opportunities and open doors for you to be working with people who feel the same way as they operate in their strength. And it's been such uh, a life changing experience for me. And I, I realize when I meet different people, I work a lot in education um, as a consultant, creative consultant, going into schools and running projects and teaching slam poetry and stuff like that. It's really fascinating to go from school to school to school and often meet teachers who 
don't see their weaknesses as opportunities to celebrate the strengths of others. There, you, you will find people in staff rooms or you will find people even in classrooms, unfortunately, where they will see their, their weaknesses as something that's embarrassing, something that is potentially, you know, um, career uh, going to impact their career in a bad way. So they're, they're constantly trying to downplay that. They're trying to, um, yeah, misdirection or, or whatever to keep you from, from seeing kind of who they are as a full human being. And we know these people, you know them as well as I do. Hopefully we are not these people in most of our interactions, but they're the ones who are, you know, you're, they're usually bitter. They're usually angry. They're complaining. The world seems to be unfair and unjust, and they never celebrate the successes of anyone else. Uh, it, they're always, the glass is always half empty, no matter how things are going for them. And so I, I do love this opportunity as a, as a creative consultant to come into a school, to be able to work on a project that provides an opportunity for everyone, all the students and all of the staff and everybody to see themselves, see those who are around them, other classes, other teachers, teachers, aides, administration, whatever, uh, with different eyes and to see themselves, their school, their community. And I want to tell you about a particular particular uh, story um, that was one of the best, that one of it was really exciting. It was the, it's a project that was called Somewhere You Need to Know About. And it was about the town of Tumbler Ridge, which is a small little community located in northern British Columbia. And this story, well, I was going into the high school in Tumbler Ridge, right? And so the, the inspiration for this entire project, I was there for one week to do songwriting, maybe some slam poetry, uh, multimedia storytelling. There really wasn't much direction from anybody. I'd never been there before, so they didn't really know what I did. And I'd never been there, so I didn't really know what their story was, so, which was great. I love this. So I showed up on Monday morning, first class. First conversation with the first class. I'm just trying to get my feet underneath me, and I, I you know, I'm just like a kind of a documentary filmmaker, you know, mostly when I go into school. So I'm just like, what's your town like? What's your school like? What, what do you love about living here? What's great about living here? And they're just like nothing, nothing, nothing happens here. Nothing's cool here. Nothing ever goes on. It's boring. It's stupid. And I'm like, there's something. Uh, Sometimes, you know, we've all heard this, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere. That's what somebody said. We live in the middle of nowhere. This is the middle of nowhere. And it just struck me that day, you know, if, and I said to them, if, if Tumblr's the middle of nowhere, then that sort of by comparison, there means that there should be somewhere that's the center of everywhere. And where is that place? Is it Vancouver? Is it New York? Is it London or Tokyo? Like, if this is the middle of nowhere, this is where you live, man. This is where you, you're learning and dreaming and hoping and, and saying that where you live is the middle of nowhere and nothing ever happens, man, it robs you of being able to be proud of where you're from, of who you are. And really, that's about perspective. That's it, not true that anywhere is the middle of nowhere. We, you, if you've ever lived in a major city, which I have, 
You could be surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people and feel absolutely alone. You can feel absolutely isolated, like that there is nothing going on. You can't afford it or you don't know where it is. I mean, being surrounded by stuff and people, uh, that's not being the center of anywhere. The, the center is really this creative core, at least this is my feeling, the creative core that really sees yourself as an active, empowered individual in this world that's got something to say and a way to say it. You've got light to bring to this dark world. You've got thoughts and ideas and you've got a voice and a language. And that to me is when, when I meet people, I don't care. Like I, it doesn't matter where you live, you meet somebody like that, they are engaged, they are empowered, and they're exciting to meet. It doesn't matter what they're doing. So here I am, day one, this saying, you know, somebody just saying we're in the middle of nowhere in this self-defeating way, it just really struck me in a wrong way. And I, I just did started to piss me off, to be honest. <laughs> and I was like, no, I am not accepting that this is a boring, stupid place. And so we start, I think it was somebody um, said, uh, I'm like, what, what's the, you know, you start asking weird questions. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done? Or where's the, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? And some girl says, uh, oh, I've eaten a moose tongue. And I'm like, ew, but also what? I'm like, who, anybody else? Yeah, and of course, like half, you know, half a dozen hands go up. And I don't know, they just thought that was funny. And, and I guess this is one of the things that I've realized over the years. You know, what we think is normal, someone else will find amazing. And this is, again, all about perspective. And so as the lights started to come on and they just started telling me stuff, one girl said, well, you know, some schools and urban centers and cities, you know, they get locked down because of stranger danger. Or somebody might have a weapon or whatever. And she's like, that never happens here. But we get locked down uh, because there's like bear activity or cougars. And I'm like, bear activity where? And she's like, like right out there in the playground. <laughs> I'm like, you, you think that's normal? You think like so it became this process. You know, we we. Honestly, uh, no, I, it was, they said something about going for a, a hike. We were, one of their classes were going to go for a hike. And it was a, maybe a 17-minute walk from the front doors of the school. Now, where, let me just see, where is this? I did pull it up here. Flatbed Falls. There's this paleontology geopark literally about a 17 minute walk from the front door of this school. It says here there's 14 Tyrannosaurus tracks have been discovered worldwide. Nine of these have been found within the Tumblr Ridge Global Geopark. This, this, this is a 15 to 20 minute walk from the front door of the school that they think it, there's nothing cool going on. Uh, there's nothing to do, nothing noteworthy or whatever. So that was one of the things we, we start making this story, working to tell this story. And, and, uh, I'm like, what, you know, what, what is going to go into this story of, you know, that was why when they said, you know, this, we're in the middle of nowhere, we ended up writing this song called Somewhere You Need to Know. 
this middle of nowhere is somewhere you need to know. And I was like, so what do we need to know? And it was like that, you know, the flatbed falls and the geopark. We, the, the whole thing about, you know, bears getting shut down because of bears. Something that you need to know about that kind of stuff. Uh, one class took me to their outdoor ed. Uh, it was this outdoor ed class and they, they took me out. Again, they just walked right into the woods three minutes outside of school where they they learned to build shelters and survive in the wilderness. And, and somebody's like, well, uh, one of the teachers was from Newfoundland. And I don't know if there's any other listeners from Newfoundland, if you could uh, confirm or... or <laughs> reinforce whether this was just her or whether this is actually something from Newfoundland, but they'd taken the drum out of a washing machine, like a clothes washing machine, and welded it to the top of an old push lawnmower so that they could make a portable fire pit. And, and if you were in somebody's backyard, you wheeled this thing in and you, because you know those, those drums, they have all the holes in the sides all over. So it was able to get some air and you're able to, the heat's able to <clears throat> escape and whatever. The, the whole idea was when you're living in a small town and maybe you start a backyard party at, you know, this guy's house, maybe at some point, you know, you got to move the party for whatever reason and you want to take your fire. So you're able to just push this lawnmower with the fire in it. To the down the street, down the sidewalk, to the next backyard. I've I've seen a lot in my life. I'd never seen anything like this. It was hilarious and super effective. So, anyways, she said that they'd do that in uh, Newfoundland. So maybe some of you guys know that. I don't know. I've never seen that before. Um, I thought that was great. When somebody says, "Well, we'll bring we'll bring the fire pit in," then somebody else is like, "Well, you gotta have something to cook." On there, so I'll bring some moose smokies. So the next thing you know, we're filming this outdoor ed class, pushing this um, washing machine drum welded to an old lawnmower while kids are cooking moose smokies. I mean, I was like super cool. The science teacher comes to me and he's like, Oh, yeah, it's great that you're here. It's a good weekend that you're here. Um, I get the local fire department to show up. And I get strapped to a hospital gurney and they attach the the fire hose to the gurney and, it, and I use it as an, you know, as a physical demonstration of physics and inertia to teach the class. And so sure enough, I'm on the parking lot filming this. Who who has ever seen a physics lesson like this? I just thought it was like so cool. Apparently they do it every single year. There was a shop class. They wanted to get more kids into shop because they had this amazing shop. And so they started this project where the students um, built their own go-karts. They, they made these teams or, you know, like whatever. And uh, they had to build these go-karts. I mean, right from the ground up, they were welding frames. They were mounting the motors. They were doing all this stuff. Then they, the whole idea was that they were working towards a year-end race where the teams were going to race each other. They're going to see whose go-kart was the fastest. They were doing laps, timed laps. They, they made them include a pit stop where they had to <laughs> change a tire. So they're like, oh, Rick, it's good that you're here. Um, 
because this whole, you know, go-kart year-end thing is going to happen. I showed up at school the one day, massive parking lot, no no uh, teachers had parked there at all. It was just totally empty. And there was like hundreds of uh, tires all laid out on the ground, making this course like we see in the Grand Prix or whatever, where they're like all these corners and turns. And I'm like, what? Where am I? That this is like something that's, you know, happens at this school. And and there's only two schools in, in Tumblr Ridge. It's not very big. So the elementary school, it's maybe four blocks up the street. They take the afternoon off. A couple hundred of them come walking down with all their teachers so that they can watch this race. Grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads and, and uh, you know, the whole community comes out. They got lawn chairs. They start like there. There's hundreds and hundreds of people coming out to watch this go-kart race at this high school. Some guy in his truck comes wheeling up. He's got this, uh, you know, hot dog stand, his, like, portable grill. He, like, flips the top open. This commercial uh, enterprise. He starts cooking hot dogs and hamburgers. The smoke of burning meat is in the air. They they drag the PA system out from the school, and, and they're cranking ACDC, and the principal's, like, announcing all the next teams and the racers and the cops show up and they're like got their radar guns so they can you know show how fast these go uh, go karts are going it was well the video is on youtube somewhere you need to know it's on my it's on my youtube channel i'll try to leave the link uh somewhere in these show descriptions but what that week was was this amazing experience I know for everybody who was at that school to see themselves and their community with new eyes. And and this is really what the power of storytelling in schools comes down to. Um, One of the teachers told me uh, later, she said, you know, you were working on the lyrics with this one high school group. And uh, there's one apparently, uh, you know, a fairly belligerent, let's say, type of a student um, who was known for just being difficult and whatever. I, of course, that's the beauty of being me just coming in for a week. I don't know anybody's history. I don't know anybody's reputation. So I just like take it face value, which I find we all really appreciate and need. Um, so this girl, you know, I'm asking for different lyrical ideas and I'm writing them on the board. And and so this teacher said, yeah, you know what I really loved about the way you were working uh, yesterday in the class? She's like, this student, you know, everybody's throwing out their ideas and uh, you didn't use her line. And she said that she was like, hey, how come you didn't use my line? And she said, you didn't even think about it. You were just said, because the song's not just about you. And I was like, you know, I didn't, I would never have said that in like a putting someone down kind of a way, but the part of storytelling, and I think the power of storytelling and being part of a creative community is that 
that experience where you're just like, look, we're all coming together and I need everything you got, every creative idea and experience and suggestion and you have, because we're trying to come together to create something that's better and bigger and brighter than any of us could on our own. But the idea is, it's not about us. We are trying to serve the story that we're telling. And if it happens to be we're trying to tell the story of your school, well, then that's not just your story, is it? Like, we're not just going to feature you doing what you're great at and what you're confident in doing. We want to capture that. But you're just part of this story. You get to play a piece of it, but you're not the whole thing. You need everybody else's piece of this puzzle. So, you know, in this video, the story that we told somewhere you need to know, um, yeah, it was like finding a way for the, the guy who does rap, the high school guy who's really into rap. And you can just tell he pulls his phone out and he, he's just with no music, no beats, nothing. He just wants to be able to like freestyle and show you what he can do. There was another guy, big, huge dude, um, way bigger than me. And I found out that he was uh, his his binder, whatever he had, was covered in uh, in art, drawing, doodles, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, "Is that you? Is that your stuff?" And I'm like, "Well, could you could you you know would you be willing to draw uh, something? And I'll just set my camera up, and we'll do like a hyperlapse kind of a thing over a sped up deal of you drawing." And there was a couple um, young girls. They were so shy. They didn't even. They, they, were, they were so shy, they almost didn't even, they couldn't look at me when I was talking to them about, could we do that with them? And uh, and yet not need, needing to say anything, not needing to have their face on camera even, uh, they were willing to play to their strength. They were both great artists and they also drew. We want to find a way in our storytelling to find a place for people who are really quiet, who are really shy, who don't like words, who don't want to be on camera. We also want, want to make space for those people who are loud, who have a sense of humor. Like one of the, the girls that said, you know, yeah, we, our school gets shut down for bear activity. Well, I'm like, you know, how could we show that? Obviously, you know, we're not going outside if there's an actual grizzly. Uh, and they're like, well, our costume... I believe it was maybe a Kodiak bear or something. And she was like, our, our mascot for the school is a bear costume. Uh, you know, I could wear the bear costume. And I'm like, okay, and then what, what would you be doing? And we got this idea, like, instead of a bear menacingly walking around the grounds, there was like a bear out on the basketball court shooting hoops, which leads to somebody else going like, well, we we do have cheerleading outfits. Uh, maybe I could be a cheerleader who's like cheering for the bear. And it all becomes this hilarious kind of sense of humor. It's going to be this really funny moment. It's playing to their sense of humor. By the time we meet, you know, we agree, OK, next tomorrow when I we have this session, you uh, meet me in front of the, you know, at the front doors of the school in the mascot costume and you show up in the cheerleading costume. And by the time that happens, there's like four or five cheerleaders because the idea spreads and the, you know, everybody jumps on board. So you want to find a place that, that gives everyone an opportunity to bring every aspect of themselves that's possible, their sense of humor, if they're sincere, if they're sarcastic, if they're quiet, if they're loud, if they're into sports or art or music. That's the beauty 
of storytelling. And it is definitely the value of storytelling in a school. There are lots of times where I will go to a school. I, when I used to start going into schools to do these projects, I used to always, my perception was, it's me coming into this really um, close, connected community. So I'm, it's like I'm on the outside and they're all in this really tight group and community. And I've realized if you work in education, if you work in a school, and if you've worked in a number of schools probably, you know that that's not true. A lot of teachers feel isolated. A lot of teachers, uh, you know, there's competition, there's the old guard and the new guard, there's power struggles, there's people just in different stages of life. Um, somebody's, you know, life's falling apart, somebody's life's coming together, there's all of those dynamics. Sometimes, you know, depending on, you know, with COVID in particular in these last couple of years, there's been a lot of schools that have had no opportunity to even do assemblies where they would come together and even see other classes or teachers together or participate in anything together. I've realized uh, these projects are really, really important because they let that isolated, lonely teacher or those you know, kids sometimes, sometimes they are literally not even in the same building. They might be in a portable, uh, dragged into the parking lot out in the back. There could be lots of dynamics that create isolation and separation. Um, and so this opportunity to come together to tell a story, um, we've managed to kind of do some workarounds in COVID times with maybe our weekend assemblies happen outside. Sometimes half of the school will meet me, you know, for a half an hour outside and then they go back in and the other half of the school comes out. But the video then provides an opportunity for them to see when I've put together this whole video and we've, we've told this story of who they are and what their school is and we've tried to highlight as much as possible every talent and ability and strength and, and uh, thing that makes that school unique and special and awesome. Uh, when, when we watch that finished product, product, uh, when we watch that finished video, that that's been the opportunity then for 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 classes to be able to see other people. Um, and one of the things that's been really sweet is to uh, use this storytelling series uh, with the older students to really help them kind of do a, a I, you know, I kind of consider this almost like a creative moving your body in a way that instead of just looking straight ahead at yourself, it's like, yeah, I know you're grade five or six and you're really still, you know, your life is all about you. But if you take half a step and you just look back, Look at all these little dudes, these little kindies and grade oneers and tours who are looking up at you like you're the big kids, that you're the leader. And they're taking cues from you. They're taking inspiration from you. They're patterning your behavior. So if you encourage them, if you inspire them, you say something to them. And, and sometimes we actually just are able to, you know, work that into the production. Sometimes they write things or it's just... Um, been a really great way to 
use the power of storytelling to bring uh, communities together in a school and develop a creative culture that's safe and supportive, that encourages students to take uh, risks <clears throat> and try something that uh, they may never had before, to celebrate those who are around them uh, without feeling, you know, intimidated or that somebody else's success is coming at their expense. You know what I mean? Uh, that's been really fabulous to see. And I think it's one of the things that all of us need to see. You know, there's nothing worse that, uh, you know, this was a great project. Um, it was, it was a bit of a slog at the beginning because they weren't really able to see themselves. They know that conversation day one, it probably took conversations all day on day one where nobody really had anything to, they, nobody really seemed to have a lot of confidence and excitement about who they were and where they were. And I was super glad I was there because that was also probably why there wasn't a lot of direction from any of the teachers or the staff or the administration in particular of like, what is the story you want to tell? Well, we want to tell like why we're so amazing, why this is a great place to live or, you know, exciting things that are happening in school. There wasn't any of that. And uh, so when we got through that sort of perception of this is a stupid place to live, nothing ever happens we were really able to tap into um, a sense of identity, a sense of excitement, of, of feeling empowered. And that just helps people gain confidence. All of us, we're all like that. We, we have to be, have a safe place if we're ever going to step out of our comfort zone and take a creative risk to try something new, we have to have that safe place to know, like, if this doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Um, ideally, we're able to get to that point in our life where we realize, if I take this creative risk and I try something I've never done before, chances are, you know, I might, it might not work out the way I want the very first time I tried, you know, there, there was a great meme I saw years ago. I, the darndest things, you know, really inspire me. This one just said, don't be afraid to suck at something new. And I really love that because let's face it, man, whether it's, you're trying to, if you've ever tried to play an instrument or write a new song or learn a new sport or try to, you know, fix your car in some way that you've never done before, half the, more than half the time, trying to do something for the first time, yeah, it sucks. It's not at all what you hoped and what you maybe dreamed of. Um, and you, if you are confident and it's a safe place to make that mistake, you, you're able to learn from it. That's really the, the, the most beautiful part about failure, about struggle, is that it gives it's just another opportunity to learn. And I, I seem like I need to learn everything the hard way. Um, not intentionally. I don't go out of my way to try to learn things the hard way. It just works that way for me. So having that safe place to take that risk, to try something, um, man, that's so important for all of us. Uh, I think there's no other way 
to see yourself and the value of how your talents and gifts and abilities and education and experience can empower you to face the new challenges in your life today, the struggles that you're working through right now, either professionally or personally, right? We need that safe place. And I don't know, for me, uh, I love... I love being creative. I love surrounding myself by creativity. Um, I love going into schools and environments and communities, um, helping the people see themselves and the world around them with new eyes. Because when that happens, man, you see the spark uh, light up in their eyes. You see the fire and the excitement of, you know what? I live in a really great place. Or... I didn't even realize that, you know, not everybody could draw or I didn't realize that not everybody could just play guitar. Uh, I, I'm, I didn't realize everybody, everybody could not skate or play hockey or do whatever. Uh, I love it when the lights come on and the people start getting excited. Uh, that's what I want for my life. And, and I think that is more than anything right now why I feel like the whole Instagram influencer uh, world is just such a, a crap thing that has happened to all of us. This whole fear of missing out. You got these people who are living these, you know, fake lives. They're using filters. They're taking the best take. They're doing everything that they can to present this image that they are more successful and rich and happy than they actually are. And that fake, um, not really from anywhere kind of identity and image then makes somebody else, some kid in Tumblr Ridge or in Northern Canada or wherever in this world feel like they're missing out, that everybody's got a better life than them, that everybody's got more stuff going on than they do. And that's where, you know, being able to see yourself and this world creatively, clearly, um, that's where you can, you can experience some success. You can take some risks and, and feel some success, hopefully. And those successes are going to give you confidence to try something more. When you've got a safe place, when those classrooms and those schools can create an environment and a culture where it's safe to take a risk, there's a supportive place if you try something and fail, if you try something and you suck, and people are like, yeah, whatever, what did you learn from it? Like, failing is, uh, is not failure. Failing is you taking a risk and learning. And that's the way it is for all of us. So when you can create that kind of environment, that experience, man, that's life-changing. It's life-changing. Being creative, it's a mindset, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's one that produces an energy that empowers resiliency and develops the confidence to face life, the challenges that life throws at us. And, and it's that process of facing failures. And, you know, they're usually the, you know, in amongst a handful of successes, there's usually like a mountain of failures. Or is that just me? Maybe that's just me. But anyway, it's, it's this process of 
succeeding and failing and succeeding and failing and getting a little more confidence and trying something a little bit harder, a little bit different and, and failing again and, and learning from that and adding that to your previous success and failure and just creating this momentum. That is what I hope for myself. That's what I hope for you and every school and community that I get to go to. So, you know what? That was my story for today. I hope you were inspired and I hope you were able to relate in some way to today's episode and the story of like, I don't know how you look at where you're from. I don't know how you look. Do you feel like you're in the middle of, you know, nowhere? You're in the middle of nowhere? Are you in the center of somewhere? Are you, you know, feeling empowered and excited or do you feel like you're sitting on the sidelines of your own life? Feel free, as always, to leave a comment or ask a question. And please, my dear listeners, uh, always remember, you're capable of infinitely more than you give yourself credit for. So until next time, see ya.